When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I watched Black Beauty last night because oh. Charlie was over and we wanted to watch a horse movie and it was good. It starts out with Sean Bean birthing a horse. Oh. Now, oh. <laughs> wait, wait. Did it hurt him? <laughs> yeah. No. He just helped. He was there to help. So oh, like, it was, okay. They it never was explained up, it. They showed it. It was intense. Huh. kick and you catch him like in the solar plexus that's too he stretches out a little bit and he steps forward to you again goes all right you got one more okay i'm going to bump my dice pool a little bit so then i'm adding a blue die for duelist yeah of one. course yeah you uh what else it's you can go berserk Oof. I don't. Oh, I, I don't think that's appropriate. <laughs> it, it, I mean, yeah, I it is a question so. like w- either frustration or pride. I could see having you like tip yourself a little bit into it might be fun, but also if you don't want to do that, that is fine. I do whatever like you've got to do. <laughs> I've got one punch. I think adding a blue is more than enough there. Okay. So he's standing. Gable gets up there, grabs. Is he? Oh, he took off his shirt. Never mind. Oh, does he have a beard? <laughs> he doesn't have a beard. He does have long hair, which I think your okay. kick, one of the things your kick did, like he had pulled his hair back into a tight ponytail. Like you hit him mm-hmm. so hard that the hair tie exploded off the back of his head. And so now he has this long <laughs> braided strands of these red and rainbow locks hanging down. Okay. Gable gets him up, grabs him by the hair, pulls him close, and says to him, the thing about jokes is that everyone's supposed to be laughing. Is anyone laughing? Hmm? And he throws him back and then winds back for the first punch. That is three successes and three advantages. Get it. Hell yes. So, at this, that is another six damage, um... But I'm pulling out my dice now. My dice. (laughs) So he gets punched and I think you're going to get him like right in his nose. And Gable like has punched plenty of people in the nose before. And that is, and the reason Gable goes for that is the nose is a little bit more comfortable on the knuckles than the rest of the face. And it's super satisfying to punch someone in the face, but it's not comfortable if you like hit their cheek and like the bone hurts your knuckles or whatever. It also doesn't look cool afterwards. Um, so you catch him in the nose and his nose is like stone as well. You know, there's the softness of flesh, but everything else about him is unyielding. Um, And he stumbles back from that. And there's a moment where it looks like he's going to waver, but he doesn't waver. And he stands firm. And now you're in a for real fight. That's three. Okay. Three hits. Well. Uh, 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 uh. 
Get the cat out of here. Also on the ship. Oh, he's absolutely. I'm from another ship. The ship that is exclusively Muppets. (laughs) (laughs) Anime Muppets. Anime Muppets. Who is going to reel back and he like takes kind of a hunched posture. Like he looks less and less like a a person and more like a snarling wild animal. And you can see his eyes unfocus and it feels like his hair almost flares a little bit. Like, you know those moments oh, in Miyazaki yeah. movies where like their hair just like flutters out? Like you can feel this power emanating from him. And it's it looks as if the woad tattoos have like a bit of bioluminescence to them. But like his eyes look up at you and they're wildly unfocused. And Gable, you can tell that this is almost like looking into your eyes when you're in the middle of the battle dance. Can I, can I offer something real quick? Oh, yeah. So as that happens, the crew goes, oh! Uh, yeah, there's that big howl, and he dashes forward. And he is going to miss with a threat. So... Gable, how are you outmaneuvering him right now? Well, you're, you're saying that he's like building up strength as if he's kind of like a, a rubber band that got pulled and is shooting forward. Yeah. Or like a, a bunch of potential energy. I think what happens is Gable has enough time after the punch because he's winding up for too long to kind of use his momentum against him. So they bring a shoulder down and kind of flip him over, which I'm sure he just lands on his feet, but there's no real damages had. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, you, you, you ready, like you step into it, which like stutters his momentum a bit enough to catch him with that elbow. And he does use that to like spring and propel himself over, but like he's landed awkwardly. So you are going to have a blue die against him for your next attack, which it is time for you to roll right now. The Hound of Calais. And what is it going to be against now? Is it going to be two or three? It's two now because he is now defending himself as the fight has started. Okay. I'm going to roll and then I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. Let's just see what happens. Somebody dies. That is three successes and three threats. Okay, yes. All right, so you have now done nine damage. What does this attack look like? So he's behind me? Yeah, he's behind you. Okay. He's behind you and like Uh, still crouched down, maybe a three-point anime landing, but it looks unbalanced. Gable is going to do an elbow down, kind of like wrestling style slammed elbow down into his neck. Oh yeah, just um, and then pin him down. Yeah, I, well, that that is it. I think like you bring that elbow down and like Gable being seven feet tall, Gable being an absolute tower of muscle, like. Gable comes down and Gable comes down hard and like there is an audible oh from the crowd like hearing that (laughs) Um, and you think that might have been it that might have been the finish because like you got your weight on him and you don't feel anything for a second he still felt tough like it doesn't feel like falling on someone in the wind getting fully knocked out of them but like he's not moving right now so that might have been all he had and then suddenly like again 
if you go to touch a cat's soft belly, like sometimes it's just a fun time for both you and the cat and you really enjoy yourself. And sometimes you put your hand down and suddenly there is an alive thresher that is going to shred your hand and sort of closes around you and brings you in. This is one of those moments where suddenly you feel the upper half of your body enveloped by the odd, like, sort of bestial contortions that this man is capable of. And he, he like, maneuvers himself above you. Uh, and so now he is pinning you down with his knees, standing above you, or not even standing, like, crouching above you with this unfocused, like, uh, berserker look in his eye. And we're going to roll for his attack here. Um, he does, wow, it's a good thing that he has his automatic success, huh? And he's also got a pin down. Okay. So <laughs> he rolls very poorly. Yeah, he's got an automatic success because he's uh, berserking, Gable, but you've also been getting oh! automatic successes against him uh, after he started berserking. Oh, he that's nice. Hit, he hits you by one, but it does look like he's got four advantages, which is just not enough to trigger a crit against you, which was what I was hoping for. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. he... Uh, what's the best way to do this? Oh, yeah. He is kneeling on your shoulders, like uh, above you, and his hands are like uh, curled into claws. He slams at the ground on either side of your head and then brings his head down to touch his forehead to your forehead. And you feel like this gong of power as, as your heads connect and you've got six damage coming at you. Jeep, jeebus, creepus. But that's the first damage I've taken. So that's fine. That's the first damage you've taken. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So I've got two arms pinned? Yeah. Two well like like his okay. his knees are on your shoulders. So like your arms aren't exactly oh, pinned. Oh, so my hands are free. Your hands are free. All right. Uh I'm going to roll and if I do good, I'm going to tell you what it is. <laughs> And if you if I do bad, I'm gonna lie about what I got. <laughs> that would be so easy to do, though. And the fact that that no one has done that in two <laughs> plus years, we are. I mean, it honorable would be. People. I kind of think it would be hard. Uh, uh, like looking at these dice, I'm always like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like lying Three about the results. Is two is threats like, done. <laughs> <laughs> this is a. A success and an advantage, and I think I know what it is and how it works. Um, because Gable has an arm three free. Well, it's two successes and an advantage. Two successes and an advantage. Okay, because they have a hand free, and yeah, uh, his head is so close to me. They're going to do a mandible, so they're going to stick their hand in his mouth and then press down on his uh, Ooh, yeah lower mandible which cuts off blood supply, I believe. And so just holding that as a submission move. It hurts a lot if someone does that to you. Mm -hmm. So they they pull it through and get like their fingies in his mouth and start pressing down. Yeah, so that's five damage. Okay. (laughs) He has one hit point left. So... He is in this submission hold. I think like that is enough to like pull yourself back from him, like scoot out from being underneath his weight because like he's off balance or whatever. And again, you know, this is a this is an animal, a dog that you've taken by the mouth. When someone hits a pressure point like that, they can't just bite down on your fingers. Mm-hmm. Just for our listeners who who might not know that about fighting. <laughs> We're going to do his last roll here. You've got an advantage, so I'm going to give him a black die. Okay. All right. All right, Koo. No. All right, Koo. He's the worst. (laughs) So Koo, for a while, 
is like kind of a snarling beast swinging at you. And there's a little bit of a element of you hold a, a large person holding their head on a small person who's just swinging their arms because you're bigger than this person and you've got them in this pressure point. So it like he can't get at you and he's not thinking clearly. He is a snarling beast right now. Then he snarls at you for a little bit and you can tell he doesn't have much left to give here. He's fading a little bit because the the pressure is building up too much and his swings are getting weaker but he suddenly jumps and like forms himself like a ball around your arm. Um, And he's just like hanging off of your arm in the air for a second. Then he shoots his feet out and kicks you squarely in the jaw, doing, doing seven damage with a crit. Fuck. He has rolled a triumph here. Holy hell. Then I'm through wounds, and now I'm in strain. Have you been reducing it by your brawn this whole time? Because you do have soak. You must remember your soak. So you have to remove three from each of those hits. You must remember the soak. Okay, three and two. So it's only five. Oh, yeah, then I'm fine. Yeah. It's fine. You know, if they die, this was well worth the silver piece. (laughs) Who are you talking to? Whoever, whoever will listen. <laughs> Who's ever <laughs> around? I, f- I feel like there's a whole part of the crew that's like sitting around Travis, like just hanging on his words as they all talk. <laughs> oh, snake. Oh, what's it like not having feet? <laughs> so, so yeah, these two feet like connect with your jaw. It feels like you've been hit by a bull. It sends you driving back, pulls your fingers and your grip out of his mouth. He springs back and like moves into a growl and you are dizzy and off balance. He is swirling in your vision. You do have a single black die to your next check. Okay. But this okay. should be okay. your last check as well. Okay. Okay. Fingers crossed, you know. Black dying. Okay. <laughs> All right. Gable gets kicked in the jaw, spins around, is knocked over like a table and grabs it, hoists himself up, sees if there's anyone around them with a thing of ale, grabs the ale, ha. <laughs> drinks it, and then wheels around to hit Ku with it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, two success and an advantage. So this like wooden tankard sails through the air in your fist and smashes against Ku's forehead. The remnants of beer spray into the air. A single cut forms on, on his head as you finally pierced his skin. And he drops to the ground looks like he's going to fall down but falls down onto a single knee kind of like bowed in front of gable and looks up and goes i mr gable i would be honored to marry you and then falls out unconscious And the room explodes in cheering (laughs) and finally chanting, the snake is on the coup, the The snake is on the coup, the snake is on the coup. come around shoving <laughs> shoving glasses in Gable's face and you know th- there is celebration to be had the hurly-gurdies start up again and there is singing and lots of celebration to be had you're you're there for a little bit during all of this Travis you transform back from a snake to a man Hmm. 
<laughs> I'm trying to decide if I want to have some privacy or if I want to make a show of it. It's also interesting that like all of these people know. And our crew does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose I'll make a show of it. <laughs> you know how... Have you ever seen that thing where snakes kind of play dead and they sort of writhe around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that and scream uh-huh. a lot. There is one of the suggestions of the type of snake that you could be that the audience made is there's a type of snake that will do that fake writhing around and will, will pee and, and shit itself uh, and then... <laughs> vomit blood to make predators go away. Oh, the vomiting and blood there is There is very something good. that wow. feels very Travis about that wow. move. That I'm kind of so mad because it's my it's my little time right now and he's trying to steal my attention. Uh, <laughs> I'm so pissed <laughs> You just defended um, like our honor and then Travis is like, also I'm here. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up for attention. <laughs> Yeah, and I so I think he does that and just, you know, screams and rides. And then how many people are here total? It's not the whole crew, but yeah. it's it's a good I'd say there's like 50 to 100 people. Well, I guess my real question is like how crazy would it be f- for Travis to be like r- first round is on me? <laughs> oh, not crazy at all. Okay. Not crazy at all. <laughs> Yeah, then the writhing, the transforming, he sort of stands up with a flourish and says, uh, to celebrate, the first round is on me. There is, like, another huge cheer from the audience. Like, everybody then gathers around Travis. Snake is on the crew. The snake is on the crew. Uh, The snake was on the crew. (laughs) (laughs) peering through the crowd is like you're being surrounded in adulation Travis you can feel the gaze of the Morrigan it lays on you like a cold shadow and you can tell that as you were transforming she was studying it she just takes a quiet sip as she looks but like there is a clear look in her eye that like she has noticed what has happened and she's got things to say about it Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Let's get things started off with a radvertisement. This one comes to us from Chip Winter going out to Joe Thistle, and based on the content of this message, I think I should read it like this. Got a page recently that your birthday was on March 5th. Sorry for the late call back, took forever to find a payphone, because Mrs. Letterman was out on holiday. Been having a delightful romp running around a magical version of London, solving mysteries for various deities and fantasy beings. Here's to Friday evenings at the Arcanus and copious more to come. From your soup-wielding idiot savant owner and operator of Gumption Gumshoe, LLC. I, I realize that takes place in London and maybe that wasn't the most appropriate, but, but it's a transatlantic accent. They call it that for a reason. Chip and Joe, I certainly hope you're enjoying your games, and I wish that all of your deities and various fantasy beings pay in advance. A big thanks to you both for supporting the show this week. Heroes, we are currently in the midst of Jonnet Week, a week-long celebration of everybody's favorite precocious 15-year-old seer savant. I don't want to discourage anyone by saying it's too late to get involved, but uh, you're certainly not leaving yourself much time. If you'd like to know more about John at Week and the rules for getting involved, head over to Twitter and follow at John at Week or go to johnatweek.tumblr.com. You can also check out the John at Week 2021 hashtag to find all sorts of cool fan art and fan fiction 
based on our future captain. A huge thanks to everyone who's contributed stuff to that. Everyone here at Skyjack's headquarters has been loving what you're doing. Heroes, I wanted to note that soon we're going to be taking a bit of a break here on Skyjack's, though not a traditional sort of break. Our editor, Casey Tony works incredibly hard every week to bring you the show on time. And he needs a bit of a break and an opportunity to get ahead of schedule so he's not constantly treading water to keep afloat. So we're giving Casey a week off to rest up and then at least one week to get ahead of schedule on editing. In the meantime, the Skyjacks feed is going to go full steam ahead. We're going to be bringing you the All My Fantasy Skyjacks World Building Special. Aaron Catano Saez and Jeff Stormer from the All My Fantasy Children podcast are going to join us here and help us build out the world of Sphere. I guarantee it'll be entertaining and it will introduce some enticing new lore to the world of Sphere. I believe this could be starting as soon as next week, but it's up to Casey to make the decision of when he wants to take the time. As always, you can follow us over on CampaignPod on Twitter to get updates about this sort of thing. Finally, before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. We have got some good stuff coming your way. It is right now in the editing hopper, but I am so excited to share it with y'all. If you want to get in on that and all the other Skyjacks bonus content, just head to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to become a supporter. That support helps us keep this show coming to you every week and it supports everyone on our staff. Thanks to everyone who's in the Patreon already and everyone who's going to join up in the future. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. There is this moment for revelry where the, you know, there's a thing about the crew of the glass that is the same on the crew of the Uhuru. And that is, this is a group of people that are steeped in so much bravado. Everyone jumps at the chance to jump over the side of the ship and do a three-point anime landing here, as they do on the Uhuru. And even though there has been, like, this moment of discomfort between y'all, like, you have buried some kind of a hatchet here. Because there is something deep inside of all of you that is connected. You are all corsairs, and you are all corsairs that are cut from a similar cloth. And you get to enjoy this. Uh, I want to cut quickly to Jonnet and Grace. Jonnet, after you threw up, I gotta know what happened. At, at, at this point, he the throw up is like it happens, and then Jonnet gets up and like he he wipes his face. Like, don't worry about it. <sighs> happens all the time. Um, look, uh, so out of out of game or out of character mm-hmm. this feels like something that the character that Jonathan wouldn't know yet but the the fact that this person is a focal point it feels like that is somehow means more than just like hey this person is going to be in your future is there any indication that this is anything more than like hey our pa- like our paths will cross again or is there something like more divine or is there some kind of magic interfering with Uh, yeah is that a perception or so what so what the magic is just destiny grace o'malley is the legendary pirate queen of ireland so like what she is in sphere is a person who will come to command a Corsair ship that will be one of the ships that is at Jonnet's right hand 
when he goes to face the Mariner. You don't think Grace is an angel. You don't think Grace is a changeling. You don't think Grace is a seer. You don't think Grace is anything supernatural or more supernatural than just an incredible captain of a legendary ship. Okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) I should have asked that. A little bit earlier. Uh, okay. Well, you weren't looking for that information, and you know you only got one success. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, then, Johnny kind of just like recollects himself and gives like a, uh, what are you doing later today? <laughs> like, Janet Kessler, are you about to ask me to step out? Uh. I don't know. I mean, it feels like it's someone someone just got beat the f up in there, and it feels like you know business is <laughs> wrapped up. Uh, and I'm gonna hang out with some teens. Um, you want to hang out? She runs her fingers through her hair, pulling it back uh, behind her ears and smiles and goes, I, for some reason, despite the vomiting, I think I will. Don't, don't worry about it. It was a little, only a little bit of vomit. It's fine. I, I, I must say, I'm impressed. Not many men can play off vomiting. That's not... An opening move. Most people can manage to sway around. I think you've done quite well for yourself. There's some bravery to that. Hey, thanks. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Vomit is brave. Let's not go that far. <laughs> you ever use one of those gliders? Gliders? <laughs> no. No? Good. Me neither. <laughs> uh, and with that, um, bells start to ring across Ungoni. What does that mean time-wise? That like, means time that the meeting is about to start, which also means your cool teen hangout is also about to start. Hey, are you like, are you part of, are you going to be at the the meeting that the, the exchange going on today, tonight, soon, almost now? I, I maybe, you know, I, it's supposed to be a part of my training, um, uh, you know, Brian, he take, he's taken a bit of an interest in uh, my future, as it were, or as it would be. Um, but I think I'm 14. There's no use being 14 if you're going to show up to every meeting you're supposed to be at. No, no, no. You should definitely, you you should definitely do it. You should definitely do it. Awesome. You should totally do that. And But we can do both. Because I'm, I'm, have you ever doubt-fired before? Because um, <laughs> here's the thing. I, if you've got... If you've got time and a little ambition and a quick change of breakaway clothing, I think we're going to have a crazy afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, like, we'll zoom out from those two kids as we look around the city of Ungoni. Bells start to ring. And more than that, there are these uh, wind instruments, these like almost horns or trumpets that are on poles and they're raised into the air in these particular places where the channeled winds around Ungoni blows through them. And there is this long droning horn call letting everyone aboard each Tempest Armada and Uhuru ship and those members of uh, the Ungoni populace that want to check out the proceedings that it is time for your ships to meet and begin their exchange. So we are going to cut to a square, a square in the middle of Ungoni that is a public gathering place. It's a bit like uh, some of those old carved amphitheaters uh, where there are seats that are also kind of stairs um, and there it, it's a, a bit of a theater in the round like you could see that shopping stalls and whatnot might be set up here at different times uh, but it is all surrounding this stage where a forge has been set up This forge has a tube attached to it that, again, like snakes up and catches the wind 
wind is channeled into it and coal is being shoveled into this furnace and there is this pillar of fire coming out of it that is growing hotter and hotter even stepped back into the crowd of the amphitheater you can feel a bit of the warmth from this on one side of the stadium the 200 uh like no i'm not going to put a number to it can't put a number to it we'll never put anywhere between 200 and 40,000 people uh that are part of the crew of the uhuru take uh the sides of the stands and like sit down and important like captain's council processions of various Tempest Armada ships take the other side. The entire crew of the Uhuru fills one side, but like just representatives from most ships fill the other. And there's a ring of Ungoni locals and most importantly of the Ungoni locals, we can see the Uhi filter in. Uh, the Uhi are the elders in Ungoni. They are the people that keep the Sita trees and they have their rank displayed on their hands and arms with hexagonal tattoos that wrap from their fingers around up their arms to display their skill, seniority, and wisdom. They proceed in as they have been given front row seats to what is about to unfold. There are also other important cultural dignitaries uh, and leaders within the Ungoni community who have been given these front row seats. On the sides towards the back of like this theater in the round, on one side, we can see the crew of the Tempest, most notably Sifa and Leotoa who are dressed again in fine regalia. And hopefully, through the proceeding, the Captain's Council of the Uhuru has met up with Oromar Vale. We can see Oromar once again in his fancy clothes. He is sporting an open-chested look, nodding to the Rakshari tradition. At his side is Bathroom Barry, who is looking extremely fine if a little bit tired because he has spent all day working on his musical. <laughs> and, you know, he, like anything, he'll put his whole heart into it. Mm -hmm. Gable? He's, he's going to do like, he, oh, go he's gonna do like a, like a Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, at like the White House dinner where he previews a <laughs> an excerpt from his musical um at this oh. at the the after party of this uh meeting so he's he's Remember, hell yeah. a lot on his mind oh but i <laughs> i can't wait i absolutely love that um he's the only good character really <laughs> uh gable <laughs> you have just come in from a fight really <laughs> so what what's your situation they've they've straightened their shirt and have managed to go get their sword and everything, but have very obvious like split lip and bruises. And I think if the captain is there, the captain just looks at them and shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the captain looks, gives a shrug and signs very quickly. You're bleeding. <laughs> Gable <laughs> uh, <okay, well, laughs> gets a, a, a kerchief and just like holds it to their lip, like thumbs up. He like looks around and signs. Where's the Star Watcher? I oh, we've not discussed this part of the plan. I thought I was under the impression Janet was going to start here. <laughs> Seems not. Well, that's the thing, uh, Tyler. What is Janet's? entrance i i mean you kind of did it right there it's truly <laughs> just like it's like a step and slide <laughs> slide whistle <laughs> uh, like, bing, bing. <laughs> uh uh star watcher cap star watcher reporting for duty captain and i will be right here behind you at every moment at all times today the captain winks John um, catches the wink. <laughs> <laughs> Puts it in, in his pocket. pocket. <laughs> and then there is another blast of horns. 
signaling that the ceremony is beginning. There is a table that has been set up, a a long table that stretches in front of this furnace that has been stoked up with two, you know, large and imposing chairs set at either side. Sifa and Oromar begin their procession together to step to either side of this table. Some cultural leaders of Ungoni come out. The Uhai step up. One of them unwraps a loaf of bread and cuts it in half. The other pours into two saucers some honey and tops it with a little bit of vinegar and stirs that up. And the last pours out some wine and puts it into two cups. And these two parts of this meal are presented at either side of the table. We can see as Sifa is taking her seat that she sits in a chair a little awkwardly as Sifa comes from the Rakshari culture, which they don't care for chairs. They're more of a cushions on the ground sort of folk. And Sifa has wide hips and, you know, a body that's just not built for chairs most of the time. But being a dignified bandit queen still sits down without letting on too much of how frustrating the experience is. Oromar takes his seat with the dignity and grace one would expect of a king. When they are both seated, they show the bread to the crowd, dip the bread into the honey and vinegar, and take a bite It is delicious. I recommend everybody try this at home with all the sourdough that they're baking 24-7 nonstop because we're in the (laughs) pandemic times, baby. And they each take a sip of the wine. And with that, there is another blast of horns. One of the Uhai stands up and in Ungoni begins to call out basically a speech about coming to a table and sharing food and how that is in the spirit of friendship in Ungoni. And this speech is a perfect time for for Jonnet to break away, I think. Yeah, I feel like as that's happening, Jonnet is very much like, and he's doing the mental math of like where he's got to go, where he is now. And he's also kind of like scanning the crowd for grace. I guess my question is, does he does he see her? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, she is easy to pick out for you because you just need to flicker your eye open a tiny bit to locate her. Uh, you know, it's it's like a bright flare in a dark wood. Like she's there. Yeah. Unignorably. Yeah. He does like a quick flicker. And then uh, at this point, he's like, oh, there she is. And then he has a moment of like, uh, is this going to ever be too much? Uh, just not being able to really focus on anything else when she's around. So then he kind of does like a quick hand wave. And then as the guy goes on, he's like, and the fourth meaning behind the bread is that it is yes. fluffy and and whole, like friendship. And, and like he gives like a nod to Grace. And then they kind of like both duck out of frame and then we see like a sort of like a more overhead shot of like the crowd and we see people getting bumped and pushed but we never see John or we see just see the top of Jonnet's like hair as he like moves through the crowd and then hell um, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I don't think you have far to move because I like the idea that overlooking this area there is a high rooftop where Instead of like the kind of droning processional music that we hear here, there are drums. You know, they are lighter drums. And this is some music that Arnie has to do. So I don't want to mention too many instruments in it. But there is this, you know, cool kind of proto banjo uh, doing a tune that blends rhythm and melody closely together. And we can see these brightly dressed uh, teens, uh, cool teens of Ungoni dancing. And while there is kind of a, a lightness to it, it is a slow and very fluid song. Like 
The dancing here doesn't have a lot of like popping or stopping. Each move flows into the next move and they punctuate different moments in the song by flicking open these gliders and catching the wind to like spin and dance above the rooftop before gently touching down. And we can see playing this proto-banjo instrument around these teens, there is a man who looks like he is in his 70s. He's got a wild shock of natural hair with like a, a silver streak in it. He is smiling and really feeling the music that he is playing right now. And everybody like around it is kind of like, yeah, this older gentleman is just hanging out at this cool teen party and laying down some sick tunes. <laughs> um, I, I, I love the, the flavor of just like doing the, the, that pan out from like the, the wide crowd. Um, and then like in moving backwards, we see like feet moving around and then that becomes the scene mm. of like the, the, the teens. And then we get some flavor shots of like our old guy. And then uh, we see like John, it kind of like climbing to the top, uh, making his way to the top and just kind of taking this all in and uh, maybe just like hanging on the old guy for a second where it's like, that doesn't, feel like and then the old guy like looks at him and just gives him like a hey it's pretty good though right (laughs) (laughs) and so then uh jonnet comes in and is like all right uh so uh are we (laughs) are we here to dance or and then he rips off his sleeves and then like Mm. he like throw like with one finger like touches down the glasses from his forehead to his eyes are we here to glide Uh, the teens like erupt in applause and like cheers of like yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah. and then uh, and then, uh, and then over his shoulder he turns to Grace. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't vomited yet, so I'd say you're doing quite well. I'm not far off. Doing great. Um, <laughs> With this, Johnny is in the air, um, and she like kind of gracefully steps down into a bit of a bow, and you can see like the glider has extended on her arm, and she flicks her fingers in, and it retracts into like its gauntlet. Goes, well, Janet, I'm so glad you managed to come out and meet us, everybody. This is Janet. This is a kid I told you about earlier. He's on the Uhuru, and he's a Star Watcher for real. Prove it. And <laughs> there's one. <laughs> Wait, even here we have British orphans is what you're telling me? <laughs> no, I'm a British teen. You can tell uh, my voice is lower in it. <laughs> yeah, I could tell instantly. Uh, Johnny, who's your cool teen Sona? I want Johnny and Liz to describe their cool teen Sonas. Oh, uh, his name is Squash. He's uh, just a, a little bit... Built like a rectangle, in he, uh, and sometimes he swallows his words a little bit when he gets nervous. <laughs> um, my name is Wes. God, I went to school with Squash, didn't I? And uh, <laughs> I wear tight, tight jeans <laughs> and a, a leather jacket with a wide collar and uh, lots of spikes. And I've got uh, real slick black hair parted on the side. Okay, okay. So you've you've like got this look where you're you've either straightened or like you're wearing enough wax to like kind of straighten down your hair. <laughs> That's okay. So yeah, clearly one of the things that we do know about Ungoni culture is that if you were part of Ungoni culture and left before the city took to the air, you are always welcome back. So the cool teen sonas that Johnny and Lives have described have clearly lived a life outside Ungoni and like they've moved back and they've got a Disney style sitcom that's all about their lives as sort of cool fish out of water in their new flying city home 
And there are a lot of fun adventures. I can see them being like back to back, like nodding and shrugging a little bit at it's like this Nikon are our crazy Wii. lives. Nikonwe. <laughs> yes. Ungonwe. <laughs> Only available on Campaign Plus. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like the crowd like quickly comes down uh, and, and like gathers around Jonnet and Johnny notices quickly as she looks aside, oh, you brought a friend. Yeah. And uh, you from the Huru too? You a pirate? Grace like steps forward and like just nods. But, you know, it's clear that she's a little shy and it sounded like Tyler was going to do some introducing before I cut him oh, no, off. You're great. That's on Zoom. Yeah. She's not on the Uhuru, but she's on the glass, and she's another star watcher. Like, Grace pauses and sweats, and like, she is not a star watcher. Oh, I know? Did I hear her wrong? No, the the Morrigan is the star watcher for that crew. Damn, I got it. Okay, she's another star watcher. Wait, no, not true. Hang on, misheard that. Which one are you again? But there, like, you feel it. There's a part of you knows that she's a star watcher or knows how to do it. But your mind is caught in two places. You're having trouble remembering what the present is and what the future is. And it's because the future is so loud on her. That's it's overwhelming. Super cool. No, okay, no, I heard that wrong. <laughs> she doesn't do that yet. I don't know what I mean by that. Um, she's great. It, introduce yourself. Do you have a last name? <laughs> <laughs> she steps forward. I'd be Grace O'Malley. Uh, a pleasure to meet you all. Uh, Jonet said something about gliders. And with that, all of the cool teens exchange smirks, and we're about to show people how to skateboard. <laughs> Scotty Jacks. Everyone's calling themselves Star Watchers. I'll call myself a Star Watcher. <laughs> my name, my name's Squash. I'm a Star Watcher. Look at the stars right now. What about you? I'll, I'll be a Star Watcher too, innit? <laughs> I see a star one. I count it. I see a star two, and I count it again. Hey, I'm and Darth. then I see a third I star. Music. I watch stars. <laughs> 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 We return once again to the long line of applicants for the Skyship Uhuru. We we join the crew as uh, one of them saunters off the line to drop off headshots and resumes. Hi, everybody. Oh, hi. Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, This character comes forward uh, and brings uh, small individualized gifts for everybody um, and places them down in front of everyone. Thank, Thank you so you. much for having me today. I'm glad to be here. Uh, <laughs> a headshot of me? How'd you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, I, I feel like we have a lot in common. Oh, you okay, got me I a like ball it. in a cup. I yeah. like this. Now, I'm by no means a permanent member of this crew, but hey, if you have you? a lot in... <laughs> it's Margaret. Oh, it's Margaret. <laughs> it's Margaret, fuck up. <laughs> I, I also did have that thought, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess there are too many characters ahead of a similar voice that I'm by Why, now. it's me, Margaret. Okay. All right. We're going to move on. I think the audience got it. Actually, audience, uh, tweet in to at JPSoFly if you got that voice and this you understood who it was. This is Margaret saying I'm by no means a permanent member of this crew, but I believe if you have a lot in common with Travis, this might be a difficult interview for you. Uh, We have some in common, but we're different in all the right ways. And he goes over and he takes Margaret's hand and he goes to kiss the knuckles, but turns it at the last second and kisses the inside of her wrist. uh, And then lets go with a bit of lingering eye contact. 
Well, it worked. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. My name is Trevor. Trevor Matego. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mm. Trevor Matego. Matego. That's fun. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, it's, it rolls it off a, the tongue. Yeah, it's kind of jingly. I, I like it. Yeah, not clunky at all. Okay, what's your deal? <laughs> my deal, uh, my deal is uh, anything I can do, you, no, wait, no, what is it? No, <laughs> anything you can. Yeah, no, you had it right the first time, buddy. <laughs> I've turned, I've made a turn. Let him speak. <laughs> Because I am enamored. I am feeling both <laughs> yes. a familial and also brotherly relationship with this person already. Well, it's my pleasure. Uh, Have you ever I'm, been a mentor and do you want to be one? I love being a mentor. Wow. The youth <gasps> is our future and they deserve to know exactly the what they need to go forward. So um, I'm happy to tutor, teach, mentor, uh, guide, anything you'd like. Margaret, I'm happy to be there. Margaret places a hand on Travis's shoulder. No one likes it when people make fun of people doing vocal fry deer. It's very, it's very disrespectful and it sort of distracts from the larger point of just don't do it. It's a bad look. That was so long ago. And to be fair, I was trying to do a spit voice. I just did a bad job. <laughs> As you can see on my application, I am a quartermaster. I have several references. Ooh. Well, I, well, I'm a half master, so that's you know that's, that's twice a term as good. You made up. It's a term you made it's up. Not a thing. No, it's not a role. If Spit were here, he would be all over that term too. <laughs> I mm, and I'm glad he's not. Now, I'm glad I'm he's dead. I'm glad impression. that this specific Dirahuru takes place at some point in the canon where Spit is dead. And Margaret's here. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that will be very comforting to aren't everyone. Aren't you two married? Aren't you two married? Should we like you be talking about that? We've already <laughs> dealt with that. Apparently. Of course we have, for sure. <laughs> so I have a question for you, uh, Trevor. Was it? Yes. Of course, my lover. So, what is it? Say, oh, say you had <laughs> an emotion that you needed. That you 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 had one. Right, How I'm, would I'm you express it. that emotion? Would you not? Or would oh. you do something with it? No, emotions are very important. Okay. Uh, okay. As is honest and good communication between uh -huh. people. Uh -huh. So if I'm going to feel an emotion, I'm going to feel... <sighs> hey, Travis, can you go ahead and uh, uh, close that mouth up? Just button it. Trevor's speaking. Boop. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I was just you. a little sleepy um, from all the boring questions and answers. Oh, that suck. This, this is an interview, dear. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. If, okay, prove uh, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have an experiment. So uh say you had like four different animals that you could be. Oh that's what, interesting. What would they be hypothetically? Mm. Hypothetically, not that you are them, right? Uh I feel like it would be uh a hawk, which is a better bird than a raven. Uh -huh. um, it would be uh, a wolf, which is a better uh, canine than a, than a, uh, a coyote. Uh -huh. um, I would be, uh, I'd be a, a leopard gecko, which is a, a better lizard than a snake. And it's, um, <laughs> it's a better, well, of course it's a better lizard than a snake. A snake's not a lizard. Snakes are lizards. <laughs> Shut up. Travis, you are a lion is a better rude. large cat than a rude. kangaroo. What are you and talking what, about? And what about the last one? <laughs> Take your time. Hmm. Let's see here. Yeah, this was not easy. <laughs> oh, um, I think that last one would be uh, a raccoon, which is a, a better animal than a, than a rabbit. Yeah, well, just generally. Yeah. yeah sure. Well, I, well, I'd well, I'd be a knife, a sword, a gun, and a cannon. <laughs> Those aren't animals, Travis. Those are inanimate. Travis. Uh, Travis. I have never said this to you before, but you need to shut up. <laughs> shut up. Oh well, I it could shut up. I could shut up twice wild. as hard as this as this bozo. <laughs> I'm not talking. I'm not talking for for the rest of the interview. I'm done. <laughs> well, Good. remember, he who gets mad first loses. Well, I'm not mad, so it's fine. And you, now I'm not talking you anymore. Just spoke again. <laughs> you just uh, spoke Tra again. Travis, Travis, is it is it Travis? Travis is your name. Yes. 
I'm going to say it's Travis. Um, so let's let's do something here, you and I. Uh, uh, you seem to be upset, tense. Uh, tell me how that makes you feel. Uh, Travis takes out a small, like, uh, I don't know, like a little knife or a dagger and starts doing the um, the little, like, poke it between your fingers thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. See, everyone, this is an interesting, interesting moment. You see, uh, Travis has taken his inward emotions and made it an outward expression through the knife and uh, the boards. Uh, the knife representing his anger and uh, the board representing the the uh, emotional constipation that he feels in most times of the day. As you see, he's not really doing a whole lot of damage to it, but he continues to hit upon it, which is a side of madness to continue to do a thing and it not change. Boy. Wow. You're very smart. I like you. hearing you speak. Thank Tra- you. Travis takes the the knife and he... Um, he like checks his watch and he's like, okay, he nods. And then he cuts off each of his fingers, except <laughs> the middle one. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my, oh my wow. goodness. Oh geez. Oh geez. Wow. Oh, that's blood everywhere. It's all right. I know triage. Uh, uh, like, yeah, I, I know some med- some medical uh, aid here. And he goes over to, and pulls out uh, some bandages and like, quickly, quickly, like, bandages up uh, Travis's hand. All right, we should be able to save these fingers if we put them on ice uh, very quickly. Okay. Got it. I'm I'm gonna be honest. It's a no from me, and it's because (laughs) it's because I can only imagine this ship making you worse. Oh. I'd rather I'd rather you go kind of unsullied by all of this mm. it, it it just i would feel better if there was someone like you out there in the world kind of unmarred i i feel like that is good and honest criticism and i will take that and internalize it well i'm a yes because i want to ruin you <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh i just think there's gonna be a lot of conflict and unfortunately uh I don't know. Hypothetically, if you were to to join the crew, it would be like, you know, it would feel like sweeps week in a way. And it's like it would seem like we're desperate and we're we're running out of things to say and talk about about our original ideas. And it's just like, even though it's a good idea, it's not appropriate for the right now, for the mm. later, maybe. Mm. If we're like, if our ratings are down and we need someone to really like, oh, oh, this is a fun, silly idea that has no consequences. But right now, I feel like we're trying to do important stuff. We're not doing it for sure, but <laughs> we're trying to get important things done and still have an emotional uh, resolution. But later, absolutely, would love to see this whole thing play out, but not right now. I don't think we have the writing capacity to like really pay it off, you know? I can absolutely yeah. respect that. Thank you. Yeah, you're very. Good I guess friend. I'm also I'm also gonna be a no, just because um, you know I feel like uh, you're 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 great, but I feel like if uh, you come on board, then you know other people, you know, Johnny points to Travis. Uh, other people won't um, uh, won't leave, and so then he will. Some people might be complaining to other members of the crew, and so we'll have to absorb their negative feelings mm-hmm. through via you know during the the day in animal form or at night when they are full human. And I would like to get some sleep, so I think I'm just gonna go ahead and say, um, actually, can can we just pay you like a couple weeks of what we would pay um, a normal crew member, uh, just as a thank you for. Just coming through? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think it's appropriate to give this person severance for their interview. I appreciate that. Uh, I, I'll yeah. take that, and I definitely will give that to charity. Um, I I, wow. I appreciate wow. everyone. I hear what you're saying. For the good of this crew, I must leave. And uh, I understand that because that's all I want is I want what's best for this crew. We and all so. tearfully watch Trevor walk off into the sunset. <laughs> Don't worry. And that was the last time I saw Trevor. Goodbye. Bye. That was the last time I saw Trevor as well, but not the last time I pictured him.
pork stuck in the <laughs> That was the last time I saw him before I killed him. <laughs> then then it's like a, a, an overlay of Trevor's face in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, good. And is right. I hope you have the time of your life. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at campaign pod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing you can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com like the broadswords the broadswords is an all-women D podcast focused on drama role play and subverting stereotypes join the broads as they unravel the mysteries of the snowy rashomon a land ruled by witches steeped in superstition Berserkers reign, and spirits roam the frozen wastes. Yalaris, Kila, and Maypri all have their own reasons for journeying north, but soon they discover they have something in common. They are pawns in a divine plot. You can find the Broadswords on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG, or on my other podcast, One Shot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y. Or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com. <laughs>